every chance I get lately, I'm just on history documentaries. I was watching a, a, a documentary on the Russian Revolution the other day with, you know, Lenin and Marx and Stalin. She's like, what the fuck? I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't bring this up during the previous segment, but during the height of the pandemic, when we couldn't leave our house, I took an online class at Penn on the Civil War. And it was awesome. But it was just funny that Mm -hmm. I could just sum up that entire class and like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have slaves and go into a middle of the field and shoot each other. (laughs) Have a good day. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Idiots, stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert, upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Be the team you promised me you were going to be this year! This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching. We're back to Birds vs. Boys. Welcome to episode, I'm not sure, it's 40-something. Producer Vince is not in the background to let Aiden and I know what episode this is. Um, But that's just the branded difference, the Birds vs. Boys difference. That's what we give you. It's nothing but content. It's nothing but the best. So... Welcome to the episode. We have a jam-packed show with an awesome interview. And Aiden, I'll let you introduce who we have coming up later in our interview because he's he's your guy, he's your mentor. So, Aiden, how are you? Look, I'm doing good. The tides are turning. We're recovering from a really bad football season. Mm-hmm. Things are starting to progress here and in society. And we can say that because we... The Birds vs. Boys podcast got vaccinated. If you're watching on YouTube, check out my Band-Aid that shows that I have a needle. Also, check out those biceps. Come on, look at that. Look at ravioli, that. Ravioli, ravioli. Give me the vaccinoli. Give me the vaccinoli, baby. So things are turning. Things are starting to look a little bit brighter here um, as we get move and progress towards the NFL offseason officially. So I, I'm good. We're recovering from a bad season. We're on to the next one. There's a little bit of hope in the in the distance. That is true. And there's definitely hope in the distance with our interview coming up. That's true. So, all right, technical notes before we get into everything with our two teams. So, one, as Kevin just referred to, guest tonight is Jack Fritz. A lot of people in Philly know him. He is the producer of Marks and Reese on 94.1. Um, just backstory, he founded Philly Fan Life and then brought me on for Philly Fan Life. So, he's been my mentor. So, we cut up with him. Great interview. Yep. Very funny. Fun. Yeah, I was about to say, there's a – uh balance that he has that I think that you and I strive for of knowing what the hell we're talking about, mm-hmm. but also having a sense of humor while doing it. So yes. putting us three together, I think worked very well on that. So that was fun. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter. As we said before, birds vs. boys pod on Twitter, because there's a lot more content being churned out there. Follow us on TikTok as well, but that doesn't mm-hmm. seem to need a needed an introduction. Um, and then more guests coming in the coming weeks. One last note, kind of related to this, because you and I are both involved. So for Branded, we are doing a Branded March Madness live stream yes, we promoted are. by and sponsored by Vidget, which this company, I saw today, they have a million bets. They've, they've, people have placed a million bets with this company. That's how legit they are. I was like, I was like wow, that seems like a lot of bets, because I've it, placed like... A good amount of bets, but a million is a solid amount. Um, so that'll be March 20th. Be in the lookout for that as well. And I think that's all I got for the uh, program notes here tonight. And um, a co-sponsor to the event is is our guy, Stateside Vodka. So we're going to be drinking oh, yeah. Stateside Vodka while we're while we're betting from that's, the bar. I, I knew there was another reason it tied in. I I had it written down. I was like, there's something else that I'm forgetting as to why this all ties together. <laughs> The we're, we're still working on the technical notes, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, I got two weeks to figure it out before the March Madness thing goes down. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so yeah, we got gonna that, be a lot of fun. It should be, but for now, we are focused on football. So let's start the show like every other freaking NFL show starts. 
is Dak Prescott going to sign a long-term deal? Is he going to be franchise tag? Is he going to go to Chicago so we can stop hearing about this? Kevin, the floor is yours. I cannot watch ES. Like I, I hate ESPN just because ESPN has fallen off. And later when we're talking to Jack, he's like, I wish I grew up in the heyday of the 90s in the, you know, the NFC East. Well, I mean, for you people that are young now who didn't grow up in the heyday of ESPN when it was Stuart Scott and all those guys and gals, Linda Cohn, um, I, I pity you because ESPN is such trash now. It's just so bad. There's no coverage of sports. It's just hot take after hot take and yelling after yelling. And all every time I put the fucking channel on, they're talking about the Cowboys and I'm sick of it. And I'm a Cowboys fan. So, Yes, that's the lead-in of every show. It's either, you know, uh, is Dak signing or getting tagged or it's James Harden or LeBron James, and that's all they talk about. So your question was, do I think he's going to get a long-term deal? That was your first question out of the gate. No, absolutely not. I do not think a long-term deal will be done by the time the tag deadline is, which is next Tuesday, March 9th. So this will be our last show before then. Luckily, we will record the day after, so there'll be a lot to discuss. I think he's going to get tagged. I really do. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys, I don't think Jerry Jones are willing to give him what he wants because now he's saying he wants to be paid just below Mahomes, and he wants that respect. I ask you, is he overplaying his card now? Yes. Mahomes has a Super Bowl ring. I mean, and he's... (laughs) He's only lost 10 games in his career. And Lamar Jackson, when we get to that conversation about his contract, like he at least has an MVP to back it up. Like there was a, you were like, no doubt about it. Lamar Jackson was the best player in football this year. And there's mm-hmm. like, all right, Patrick Mahomes is no doubt about it. The best player in football. So M- Lamar making the case for Patrick Mahomes money is one thing for Dak to do it. I mean, come on, man, this is, I get it, but I think you yeah. are overplaying a little bit. The only thing Dak has to say is, look how many yards I throw for and look how many touchdowns. Yeah, well, look at the record in those games, especially, you know, the beginning of the season this year. Everyone's like, Andy Dalton came in and the defense was so bad. You know, at least when we had Dak, we had a number one offense. Okay, they were trailing to the Giants when Dak got hurt and went out. Yes, they came back and won that game under Andy Dalton, but they were not a good team the first few games of the season under Dak's leadership. So for him to get and kind of, I guess, demand right below Patrick Mahomes money, what does even right below Patrick Mahomes money mean? He got a 10 year fucking contract. What are we talking about here? Yeah, you no, you're right. You're totally right. Um, and if passing yards were an indicator of who is good at football, then Graham Harrell would be the best college quarterback of all time. But that's just not yes. how life works. There, there needs no. to be some substance to it. It can't just be empty stats. I mean, Tony Romo has all of the stats for the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. He is not the greatest quarterback in Cowboys history. I mean, it's Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman. Flat out. They were winners. They won Super Bowls. They, got, they have championships. Tony Romo? Has a broken back. Like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think what is today's date, I, I've been saying this, I think, a lot. And if you listen to the podcast, you realize that I say this a lot. But March 3rd, 2021, I'm saying it right now, Dak Prescott will be tagged again, and he will walk after next season, and he will Kurt Cousins, the Dallas Cowboys. He will go on and sign for a gajillion dollars to a team that is just willing to overpay for him, maybe the Bears, um, next season. And he's going to walk. Wow. All right. On the record. So we'll see. Well, Any other? I would, I would love, possibly, if, if they can't work out a deal, I, I want them to work out a deal. If they can get him for a four-year, five-year deal, I don't, I just, the $40 million a year is, is what kills me. But if they could get a sign and trade for him, I heard that now maybe New Orleans could be a possibly sleeper team that would want to trade for him. You know, what, what would they give up? I would love to get Russell Wilson, but I also think, you know, it was very easy for his agent to go out and be like, well, you know, Russ is not demanding a trade, but, you know, he would love to go to the Bears or the Saints 
or the Cowboys, teams that are just, you know, historically great, where he was, was you know. Can we just talk uh, about how dumb that, like, whole thing was? Just, yeah. like, it, it was pretty much the equivalent to being, like, well, I don't want to divorce from my wife, but I would cheat on her with this person, this person, and this person. Like that was just like the dumbest, a fake, like passive aggressive trade request. Either you're done or you're not done. You can't just be like, well, maybe I don't listen. There's Actually, no marriage. There's no relationship where you're like, well, I don't. You're, if you're not sold, it's over. It's kind of perfectly Russell Wilson because he's just so fake as it is. I agree. It, it's just like he's too nice to be like, listen, I'm done. I'm out of here. But he passive aggressively being like, well, I'm not done. But here's the teams I would like to go to instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, that's one to keep an eye on. I don't know if the Cowboys can pull off that move because it would take a few first round picks. Why give that up if you need to rebuild multiple positions on that team? Pretty much everything that's not wide receiver. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Um, and speaking of a, a different position group. There are rumors and speculation and actual reports out there that seems to be that the Dallas Cowboys and Gerald McCoy are going to come back together and reunite. He obviously signed a three-year deal. I think it was a 30 million some last year. Never played one snap. First practice, he tore his quadricep. So he's coming off that injury, which Don Terry Poe was coming off last year when the Cowboys signed him, and we saw how that worked out. Yeah, But um, <laughs> we talked about it last year on the podcast I was very excited about the McCoy. I thought he was perfect for their system. They needed a big athletic guy in the middle. They still do. And they need veteran leadership. That is not a hot boy, somebody from the outside. So if they can sign him back for very cheap, it, it seemed that there was no bad blood between them at all. He understood why the Cowboys cut him. He does have a $2 million uh, dead cap hit against the Cowboys. So hopefully he'll come in playing for, two dollars but we'll see how that how that plays out but it does seem that all arrows are pointing to a reunion with gerald mccoy and the dallas cowboys i like gerald mccoy so i hope like health wise he's all right so me too i'm hopeful for that i'd rather not be the cowboys because i think he's still got some left in the tank but yeah i mean good for him as long as he's healthy all right you ready for my eagle spiel before we get to jack always am I will be quick tonight because I think there's there's just uh, one main topic I think we want to talk about because this topic's really heating up. And we talked about it in our review a bit too, but the potential of the Eagles drafting a quarterback. So yep. I was reading a uh, scouting report of Justin Fields by Ben Solak of Bleeding Green Nation. It says Justin Fields is a hot button evaluation, but he f- if he falls into the Eagles' lap at six overall, they won't hesitate him. They won't hesitate to make him the next franchise quarterback. So, I mean, I haven't talked myself into it, but I certainly also haven't talked myself out of it. <laughs> How does it make you feel? I feel nothing anymore in life after watching this team. <laughs> I have no emotion. I have no heart. Um, I just think that in the city, there just needs to be endless QB controversy. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you draft Justin Fields, what do you do with Jalen Hurts? And I don't think you can have them on the team because I think the team itself has bought into Jalen Hurts as a person. Like the players around him are attracted to him and his personality because he's cooler, relates to them better than Wentz did. He just has that magnetic personality that kind of attracts people with his leadership. So it's it's like the Harry Potter prophecy. One can't live while the other survives. Like mm-hmm. if you draft Justin Fields, I don't think Jalen Hurts can be on this team. You're just gonna have Justin Fields, a rookie, feel like every bad pass he makes, they're gonna go to Jalen. Um, so that's that's interesting. It is, and but that is the Eagles' dynamic. It's they always need that backup sitting there to question the starter. The factory is always churning out, man. Like yep. some Nike factory in Indonesia. We are just cranking at all times. It's like those Russian factories in World War II when they were just pumping out tanks and shit. Just yeah. nonstop. Let's go. War effort. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterback. Quarterback. We're in the Quarterback. Civil War when everybody in your town just went to one area so you could produce like gunpowder and make yep. like those guns that shot once every three minutes. <laughs> can you, can and, we talk? This is a completely, I, I'm a, I'm a war nut, but like, the 
the way they fought wars back in the revolutionary <laughs> war was just unbelievable. Just let's let's march up and stand there. We have guns that I can fire one time in three minutes, and we're just going to shoot at each other. I think I think that all the time. It's like how wild of a strategy it was. It's like the a football equivalent of that is like when you run the wishbone and you yes. just like forget that you can pass the football too and just make it like yep. glorified rugby. <laughs> it's like, like, wait, I can hide behind up. this tree? <laughs> like, why was that not your instant reaction? Uh, what a generational difference. And it's right. just like, or like the NBA before they had the three-point line. It was just like, all right, we're going to just dribble around. There's no shot clock. <laughs> can you tell like we've come so far in football. I wonder if like in 20 years they're going to be like, Remember when they ran the football? Like, what a bunch of idiots. <laughs> idiots. Can you imagine waking up like a dead Civil War soldier today and showing him like drone attacks? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, like <laughs> oh, what movie was I watching? Uh, oh, what's the movie? He goes, oh, uh, American Sniper. Imagine oh, yeah. showing him American Sniper where they're on some roof. He just a smokes somebody from a mile away <laughs> with a <laughs> flinch of a trigger. <laughs> unbelievable yeah he's like wait why is he hiding why is yeah. why aren't they 10 feet from each other standing in the middle of a field in pennsylvania what a just unbelievable way to fight and i think that'll be football too in 20 years we'll be like yeah. why would why did we have positions why why did we run the ball as much as we did like why were you not throwing it every chance you got as quarterbacks get better and better just like guns got better and better in the wars you know like quarterbacks That's- will be incredibly accurate uh, like uh, accuracy percentage of 65 will be nothing it'll be 75 and 80 in a few years that's if football survives the whole cte and uh, all those issues going down the line in 20 years that's true all right enough talk about that let's get it to our interview and then on the other side we're doing a little bit more quarterback talk in the draft with our tiktok segment so without further ado we have sponsored by stateside vodka Jack Fritz, I'm a, I'm I'm doing this big intro here, so I'm gonna talk this sh- talk you up like a fucking your emperor of Rome. <laughs> That's what I expect. <laughs> All right, Aiden, really excited for our next guest. We are now joined by the producer of the Marks and Reese Show on WIP. He's also the host of the High Hopes Podcast, the Art of the Take Podcast, and he is the founder of Philly Fan Life. So. You have to follow him on Twitter. It's at Jack Fritz, WIP. It's the one and only Jack Fritz. Sir, how are you? What's going on, guys? Excited to be here. Uh, You know, talk some Eagles, Cowboys, I guess. Like, that's the whole bit is that you guys argue about the Cowboys and Eagles. I mean, it's just a shame because both teams suck. But uh, here we are. It was a really funny bit when we started this podcast in the preseason. And then they started playing football. And it was just like a therapy session from there on out. Well, at least you well, don't first, throw it together. Yeah. First, we started it. We're like, oh, this could be a great season. Both teams could be good. Then COVID. <laughs> so then we're like, all we're going to talk about is COVID. And then we got through that and we're like, all right, well, at least we can talk football. And then they both sucked. So it was like yeah. double whammy. Yeah. It's just such, such a brutal football season. But uh, hey, at least uh, the arrows are pointing up. Exactly. <laughs> all they can do is point up after that. <laughs> well, let's get into that, actually. So the first question that I had. So. One of the main points that we always say on our show, everyone is to blame for the Eagles' demise. So, Jack Fritz, do you take any blame for the Eagles' demise because it coincided with the end of the Eagles' Counterpoint podcast? Your podcast end, the team falls apart. Uh, I take a lot of responsibility for it. If there's one person that you could uh, place most blame on, don't place it on Howie. Don't, Don't place it on Carson. Uh, the only place on Jalen Hurts for being drafted. Um, the Counterpoint podcast was a revolutionary Eagles podcast uh, that um, it was started right before 2017. You know, obviously the magical year. Uh, it, it created this cult following. It was like, it was so funny because like 75% of people got it. And then like the 25% of people that didn't get it were like really mad all the time. Because it, it was like the dumbest podcast ever. But it was, it was like a fun podcast to do. Um, and I do miss it. It's just like I couldn't do it anymore. It was so I couldn't like. It was just so dumb. Like I got to the point where it was like, so dumb. Um, I did love it. It was the greatest. But uh, yeah, I tried to I tried to bring it back in 2018. Um, they made the playoffs, brought it back last year. But th- this year I kept it 
kept it put away for the whole 2020 season. And, and you saw what happened. Yeah. Look what happened. And we fell apart. <laughs> I thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, there was a lot of Cowboys bashing on it. You know, we, we tried, um, but like, it's just not even fun to like talk about the Cowboys anymore. Cause like, they haven't been good in forever. It's like, I honestly, like Aiden and I, I feel like we grew up and it was always the Giants. Like, I yep. always hated the Giants way more than I hated the Cowboys because when I grew up, it was like Quincy Carter and like Vinci, Vinny Testaverde and like all these guys who were just scrubs. Jed Henny. Oh, and, the, and uh, Drew Henson, wasn't he? A Troy Hambrick in the backfield. Oh, I mean, yeah. It just, just, just awful football. Um, so for me, it was always the Giants. So, you know, it's, it, it is what it is, though. It's true. All right, one serious question, then we're probably going to get right back into just chaos, shenanigans. Shenanigans, cool. yeah. <laughs> so I think you're the perfect person to ask this because you are a Phillies fan, but also one of the most respected Phillies follows on Twitter, and you're on the High Hopes podcast. Right. And I think we all have a team in Philly that is our favorite, but the Eagles still reign supreme at all times. Like you guys are always talking about on the radio, everything like that. Why do you think it is that in Philly, the Eagles always reign supreme no matter what's going on? It's crazy. Um, and I mean, dynamite uh, guest booking by you guys getting the Phillies guy on here to talk some Eagles. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's funny because like when the, when, the, when the Phillies were on their run back in 07 to 11, you could argue that it was just as big of a baseball town as it was as it was an Eagles town. I mean, the Eagles were down. I mean, obviously they went to the NC Championship game in 08 or 09, and, and that was good. But that that even felt like a fluke run. But the Phillies went down for a little bit there. Um, I actually think it's a good baseball town. Like overall, I think it's a good baseball town. I understand the demographics older and it's a dying sport, yada yada yada. But like, but I, I think there's genuinely good baseball feel. But with football. I, I just think it, it, it's like it's just it's once a week and this city is 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 like blue collar gritty um, and like they just love the idea of defense like they love hard hitting. I mean, let's like, think like the Broad Street Bullies everyone still talks about like Flyers haven't won a cup in forever, but mm -hmm. we beat the crap out of people. So that's all that matters. <laughs> so like so like with football, with football the whole sport is just trying to, to hurt each other. And I just think it is always connected well with this city. You know, it gets a little bit colder. We get a little bit meaner, like Northeast, like Northeast sports fans are my favorite sports fans in the world. Like they're just always angry. And I just think it, I just think it coincides well with football. So uh, I don't know what it is, but I just, I just think that the, the game of football paired with the city of Philadelphia, it's just like a match made in heaven. And, you know, we like this city never really went the route of a New York where it was baseball, a Boston, which is a baseball. Um, it's 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 just been football here. And, uh, you know, it just it just is what it is. And that, that kind of parallels well with the Cowboys fans down in Dallas. Well, not that they're angry. They're probably the nicest people in the world. You ever go to a Cowboys game down there, they'll they'll buy you popcorn and a beer and give it to you for free. I'm like, oh, thank you if you're wearing an Eagles jersey. But. I always listen to 105.3 The Fan down there, which is the sister station of WIP, of and we've yeah. had a couple of those guys on here, and it's it's the same thing. I mean, the Stars were in the cup final last year, and they were trying to talk a little Stars, and people were calling in like, why, why are you talking hockey? And they're like, they're, they're in the cup. Like, what, we need to talk Cowboys. And they're like, they're not – what are you – and anytime they try and bring up Luca, they'll talk about Luca and – and the Mavs for about three and a half minutes, and then it's right back to, is Dak going to get tagged, or is he going to sign? I know, and it's I feel so bad for 105 through the fan uh, because during Cowboys Week up here, uh, Mark's had this idea, and it's always hilarious, where we, like, check in with the Dallas station. Oh, they do and the I'll same like, thing. Yeah, so, like, I'll go, and I'll, like, listen at random points and just try to catch them talking about anything but Eagles-Cowboys. So, like... So like a year ago, a year ago, they were like arguing if Michael Young is like the best Ranger of all time. And, and like we played it up that I was just bringing up their stream and they were talking about Michael Young during uh, Eagles Cowboys week. So I feel bad for 105.3 The Fan. But uh, yeah, it, I, that's how we are, man. It's like, you know, people are always like, well, why do you talk about the Eagles all the time? It's like, because they're the Eagles. Like, like they're the Eagles. They're what people want to talk about um and like they're the most talked about thing in the city for a reason so it's just it's just what we do all right speaking about things that 
are being talked about a lot and connected with the Eagles is Howie Roseman, right? The GM position. A lot of people want him gone with his draft history. But down in Dallas also mirrors themselves. Again, we have Jerry Jones sitting there as general manager who does not have the best track record either. So which team do you think is positioned better for the long haul at general manager right now? Dallas with Jerry or the Eagles with Howie? Well, I think Howie can get fired. I mean, I'm not sure. I, I, I think Howie can get fired. If, if maybe one more year goes by. Like, the funniest thing about Howie is he's drafted, like, nine receivers and three drafts, and our receivers still suck. It's like, <laughs> it's like how does he keep getting a job? But um, like with, with, with Jerry, he's not firing himself, and he loves himself. And um, the Cowboys have actually, you know, <laughs> to their credit, been better drafters than the Eagles. So um, they're just – it's so weird. They always have more talent, but they're just, they have such a bad culture mix down there that it never meshes together. So um, I think Howie, uh, I think Howie's a better chance to get fired first, but I don't know. It's, I, I just, from my standpoint, the day Howie gets fired, I will just be shocked. Like, I just, I don't see it again <laughs> happening. It feels like he might have a job for life. So it's, it's a tough question. It's a good question. I think if that happens, Aiden, as you see behind us, the Stateside Vodka, we're sponsored by Stateside. I think Aiden will drink an entire bottle of Stateside Vodka in celebration the day Howie Roseman is fired. Well, it's hilarious. Like we have a uh, a guy hung a fire Howie uh, sign outside our studio the other day. The other day, like he is uh, not well liked. I would say in the city right now. I saw that. Maybe I'll take it one step further. I know you did Harper Lent, but that was for a positive thing. I may have to give up alcohol until Howie's gone and just yeah, go well, dry. That might be the move. Well, the key the key to that is you got to get a sniff of if he's going to get fired. Like you can't go like I mean it might be like five years from now. And I don't yeah. I don't want to put you through that. Like at least with Harper, it was like all right, he's signing like within a month. You would think, and then it was like you know six more weeks after that. So you got to time it well. You got to time it well. Yeah, that might have to be my bit for next offseason. Now I'm just going to complain every show next year, next offseason. If it goes yeah, it, for again, that's what I'm going to do. The old motto used to be, uh, it's always next year, right? Uh, except now we're not talking about championships. We're talking about Howie being fired. Firing. Yeah. <laughs> Good to be back. <laughs> All right, before we transition, let's stay a little Cowboys-Eagles here. I know you said growing up it was more giants because the cowboys kind of stunk but right. do you have a favorite moment in the rivalry at eagles uh, cowboys not even close it's to's return i mean to's return was amazing so i to is my favorite eagle of all time um i love to like all in this fourth grade the eagles were unbelievable um and i was so heartbroken when he left that i changed my uh my my espn log my login info was to sucks for life so I, some say I own a lot of real estate in uh, T.O.'s head. Um, so when T.O. came back, I just remember like you know, fifth grade, like, oh, get him. Like, we're, we got to beat T.O. this week. Um, and then so like the game happens um, and then it ends obviously on the Lido, the Lido uh, interception, 102 yards. And just the whole stadium singing Lido was incredible. So. Uh, easily my favorite, my favorite game of the the rivalry. I'll never forget this song where it almost felt like a soccer stadium the way everybody was singing. I've never, you know, you don't see that a lot in NFL stadiums. So that was one of the cooler moments. I yeah, think. it's just like I wish we could do that more. Like I, uh, like when the Cubs went on their run a couple of years ago, and the whole stadium was like chanting "Go Cubs, Go." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always wanted to do that with high hopes, but um, <laughs> the Phillies have been terrible for ten years. Uh, so hopefully we can get back to those times. But I agree. When the whole stadium gets behind a song, it, there's nothing more fun. Yeah, I know the Flyers have done it a few times with songs, but you right. know it, it is definitely like a movement. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that, sure. that's on my bucket list to go to a West Virginia game when they're singing uh, "Take Me Home." I know country roads. Country road. Yeah, I know. Classic. Yeah, it's 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 a cool thing in sports that really like soccer. I feel like it's the only one that does it really well, um, and the other ones have not not caught on at all. No, <laughs> just like the game of soccer here in the United States. Yes. Nothing about the culture has caught on here. Mm-mm. All right, let's switch over to some draft talk because that is really the talk of everyone's town, no matter who your NFL team is. So straight up, do you think they're going to take a quarterback here in the first round? Yeah, uh, you got to keep that factory rolling, baby. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I would not be shocked if they took a took a quarterback at six. I really wouldn't. Like Ike's made this point a couple of times, and I think it's really interesting. Like you don't tank that game if you don't have a player in mind, especially when you're talking about like the quarterback position. Um, so like them tanking that game and making sure it's a priority to get to the sixth pick. I know you could say like, oh, they just want the higher chances to get a pick, and the game's worthless anyway. But it felt like a ploy to kind of to kind of get up to get a quarterback. Um, and like, I'm not sure how much Hertz was a was a Roseman pick. Like, I I wonder if like seeing Doug's face when they drafted Hertz, like just how happy he was. I was like, I don't know, there's something off here. I could I could see it kind of being Doug's kind of guy because he was kind of sick and tired of Carson. So. I really – I don't know how committed they are to Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like they drafted him to be a, the inexpensive backup when they didn't expect it to, to ruin Carson. Um, but I just um, – I don't know. I, I think there's a good chance to go back at six. Um, unless unless it's like Trey Lance. Like if Fields, Wilson, <laughs> and obviously Lawrence go first, like I don't think they will. I think if Fields is there at six, I think they would take him. I don't think Wilson's going to be there. Um, if they take Trey Lance, I mean, there's just going to be like the, the, the whole, the whole city would burn. Like, it, would, it would be a disaster. Um, that, so I, I hope they draft Trey Lance just for that, but, um, it would be, it would be a total nightmare, uh, for them. So I, I, I feel like they could, but I really only think it would be for Justin Fields. Do you the, think there's any chance they would move up for quarterback? Unless they fall in love with one of these guys, I mean, it seems like they fall in love with the quarterback every year. So um, I could see them, you know, I, I don't know what, like maybe they could use the Colts pick they just, get, they just got back for Carson and move up. Um, the thing is, I don't know where to. Like, I, I think the Jets are going to take a quarterback at two. And then they could probably move up for fields if they want to. But that would be that would be shocking to me. I think it would be very funny if they tanked that last game get Justin Fields and then Justin Fields just obliterates the Giants twice a year every year and just becomes like a Giants killer like we we knock them out of the playoff spot with mm-hmm. that tank and then the right. tank causes us to get a quarterback and they they're like have Daniel Jones and Justin Fields just goes off all the time. <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing. Well, it'd be so classic Eagles Giants like like Giants fans know how much the Eagles own them and just like and and, and, and the Giants fans aren't even like remotely close to being over the Eagles tanking that game. No. Um, so I agree with you. You know, anything they can add, like, like I say this a lot, but I always want the other teams in the division to be better. Just so I think it's more fun for the overall sport. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so jealous when people talk about like the 90s NFC East when they're talking about like, you know, the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants. Uh, like, I remember it well. You know, even Washington, like, they were all good and like they all hated each other. And now, like, every fan base is just like, well, we suck again. Like, let's hope we can win seven games. And and even though this year, this year's stupid with the whole extra game thing. Mm-hmm. So now you got to readjust how you, you mentally do the, the, the records. You know, now seven and ten is a new seven and nine. You know, no, no, more, no more eight and eight. You know, now it's eight and nine. It's just, it's just a disaster. I wish they didn't do it. Yeah, what a money grab that is. It's just going to make everything way more confusing than it needs to be. It's like, it's like when the Eagles tied last year, and it was like we, we kept having, having to say, like, yeah, they're 4-11-1 and one, rather than, like, they're 4-12. and 12. Yeah, it was just like, all right, whatever. Let's just get this over. Yeah, right. <laughs> over uh, other three times a day that Joe Judge still thinks about the Eagles tanking that game. Oh, dude, Joe Judge can't sleep. I mean, between, between fighting his offensive line coach and – and uh, being mad at Doug Peterson for tanking a game. I don't think Joe Judge sleeps at night. Um, I truly hope that Joe Judge is terrible. Like, I just, I, I can't stand the whole, his whole act. I hope, Thank I hope you. it was just like, it was like a one year, like, all right, you're a tough guy for a year. You made your coaches run laps. Like, let's, let's, let's have this whole thing end. Thank you. Okay. I'm glad you are on my side with this because I've been preaching this before. He went off on the Eagles for all that mm-hmm. stuff. I think it's the fakest tough guy. Dan Campbell in Detroit, I think, might actually be real. Like, he might actually be a maniac. This fake act, uh, I'm this hardo. I punched this other coach in the face. Most underrated storyline of the year, by the way. Yes, I'm just, I'm so over it. So I'm, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Dan Campbell cracks me up, though. Like, the whole like alpha quote from the other day and <laughs> butting people's kneecaps. I'm, I'm very curious to see how Dan Campbell does. I I have no idea if he's going to be good or bad. I lean towards bad, but there's a non-zero chance he could be good. I think he's one of those guys where 
because of his personality, even if they go nine and seven, it's considered success. Yeah. Just considering where the Lions have been over the course of their existence, nine and seven is good. And that's basically what he has to hit for it to be successful, given everything he says. Well, it's not nine and seven anymore. 17. Oh, Mike, see? Oh, right away. Disaster. (laughs) It's a disaster. 10 and seven, too much. Nine and eight. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, real quick question before we get into the draft, because you brought up Ike Reese the day Carson got traded. What was it like in that in that room? Because I, um, I didn't listen that day, so I was I was curious. What, what he was, was the leader. I know uh, Ike was happy. I think I think he Ike wanted him to go to Indianapolis. Like Ike knew Ike knew he was getting traded, um, and Ike Ike wanted to go to the Indy because he felt that you know him and Frank Reich get along well, obviously, and he felt like it was the best chance for him to succeed. But no, Ike is not giving up yet. Um, he is still believes in Carson. And he should. I respect going down with takes. You know, I mean, I'm, I watched Nick Pavetta's uh, spring training start today against the the Twins with the Red Sox. So oh, no. I respect it, and I I am I am rooting hard for Carson next year. So <laughs> I am right there with Ike. But it was he was more relieved that because uh, he felt like the situation here was untenable. So going to Indy was the best option. That's how I feel too. I, I'm I'm sinking with the ship. If the ship sinks, I don't know. It could sail perfectly fine, sail smoothly now, but who knows? Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm with him. I, I wish him the best of luck in Indianapolis. I think he's better off there. But I was just curious because I know he is the number one Carson super fan, so it's good to know. Yeah, yeah he's he's all good. He's all good. He's he's happy that uh, that he doesn't have to do like deal with people saying he's bad all the time now. I'm sure his Twitter mentions were just unbelievable. Um, I, it's so, exhausting yeah oh, dude i would be like oh i can't wait to i can't wait for this to be over so i think i think he's good That's anytime good. he yeah. wants to talk about it with us you know you can just pass that, <laughs> that word along to him yeah i mean you've got the other you got the uh you got johnny on here you got me on here i mean the whole show's the whole show's on here we have to holy trinity yeah. yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right to finish up the interview let's do this let's do the patented jack fritz name test let's bring okay. up there's some legitimacy to this that I legit, I believe in it. Like I think there's something to the name test. I try um, to tell people about JJ Ortega Whiteside. No one wanted to listen to me. Terrible name. Terrible Awful name. And DK Metcalf. Superstar. Great name. Yep. Not Unreal. That Not that hard. I know, right? <laughs> All right. So we'll cycle through some guys who are probably going to be first round picks. Uh, I, I, I left all the quarterbacks off because I think that's unfair. Okay. Um, so we're going to start easy. And there's a follow-up question to this. So first name, Jamar Chase. Superstar. Like, okay. honestly, like, absolute. Like, no, there's no there's no doubt in my mind Jamar Chase is going to be a superstar. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And it, is it – here's my follow-up question because I assumed it would be good. Is he – does he have the strongest name test ever? Jamar Chase coming out of the draft. Mm, I forget. I remember I loved Miles Sanders. Um, I really? thought it was – I thought it, was, it, was just, it just sounded like a stutter running yep. back name. Just Tough. like this guy's gonna be a stud. I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to see much tape to know that he's gonna be a stud. Um, I forget honestly, but Jamar Chase is my favorite name in this draft for sure. Okay, that's what yeah. I figured. But I, I want to yeah, know how he second. stacked up all time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'll have to go through my my, my pre-draft rankings, my mock draft three and <laughs> just remember what they were. But uh, Jamar Chase, yeah. I was actually thinking about this the other night. I was like, oh, it's almost name test season, and then mm-hmm. I was like. Jamar Chase. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've watched him. Like the bit used to be that I didn't watch any of the guys, but I've actually seen Jamar Chase. So uh, it, it might skew my my name does to make me sound smarter. <laughs> yeah, now that you have the highlight tape to back it yeah, up. That's yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> uh, and then most of the guys in the top ten too. Like you've obviously seen them. Like as yes. you get, we've been picking later in the draft. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't. You know, I didn't watch Andre Dillard at Washington, but like Jamar you Chase, did? like yeah, LSU was like. Yeah, they were on ten o'clock every night. You know, <laughs> I don't even think the Eagles watched Andre Dillard. I mean, they didn't. They didn't even. Uh, they didn't do a pre-draft like interview with them. I mean, what a what terrible process that was. But whatever. That one gets lost in all of the just like misses. That one gets mm-hmm. totally lost, and they it almost does. they they almost save themselves because they somehow found some kid who played rugby in Australia instead of just like picking a pack or an SEC offensive lineman instead. Unbelievable. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. Not that hard. All right. Next name on here, Micah Parsons. Oh, I love him. I know. I know it's gonna sound like I'm gonna love all these guys, but like if I was thinking of a linebacker, it's like Micah Parsons. I can do can't you just see it? It's like it's like yep. Roquan Smith a couple years ago. And I know mm-hmm. Roquan hasn't been unbelievable, 
But like Roquan Smith is just like that's a stalwart in the defense. Like going to Chicago is perfect. I I just wanted to take him. Like I want the Eagles to take him. Like like I hate like Nate Gary and like it's always <laughs> these scrubs that like you know it's awful and they just they just don't they don't value it. like they haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since 1979. Like how is that possible? How right? just, the odds are just stacked against that to just ignore the position. I'm trying to think the last Jordan Hicks was the last one that even drafted even remotely high. And I think that was the third round. Yeah. And they took Davion Taylor. And, yeah. He's, whatever. Um, yeah. Well, Stu Bradley, name too. Was Stu Bradley, a second round pick. He's, I think Stu Bradley is relatively high coming out. Yeah. I do remember that. I can't remember what round. I do remember him being high. Michael Kendricks was higher. He was a so, second rounder, I think. Second round, yeah. Second rounder. So, but never the first round. They just don't value it at all. But Not I do allowed. agree. So I threw him in there because he's like my go-to, aside from Jamar Chase, who I agree will be a superstar. Right. I, I On Team production, Team Micah, yes. Production value on the field, I think Micah was good. But I wondered how the, the name held up in the test. Yeah, well, I, the thing that hurts about linebackers, so like you see what the, the Bucks did in the Super Bowl, and it's like, oh, linebackers are really important. And then he's like the Cowboys, right? With 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 Van Der Esch and J- and Jalen Smith, and it's like these guys should be better, but it hasn't helped their defense. Stinks. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, love, I, lo- I love Van Der Esch, but it hasn't helped the uh, it hasn't helped their defense. But I don't know. I still think linebacker is important. Yeah, well, we kind of like gave it up because it's you know they're like, oh, well, you don't really need them on the field every play. And then you're like, oh, well, now we have tight ends like Kyle Pitts, so now we kind of need linebackers again who can cover these big, fast, physical guys. So mm-hmm. I think the return of linebackers are coming. So we'll You want to do my my linebacker name then? I was about to say, this is another one then because we have another linebacker on the list. This is your guy, so go for All it. Right. And I, th- I think he's the second best linebacker behind Micah coming out too, and he can rival almost anyone for strong name. Jeremiah Wusu koromoa coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, well, the thing that oh. hurts, I know, I'm sorry, but Notre Dame linebackers <laughs> out. Like, Have you watched him play? No, I haven't seen a snap, but I'll but, send you some tape. All right, send me, send me some all 22 that I can break down. But let me tell you something, kid. No on Notre Dame players. That's a, that's a big <laughs> no. You know, I, I do the name test as well, but I stand by a couple things, and that is that Notre Dame defensive players are terrible. So, <laughs> so I'm not uh, I'm not with you on that one. Uh, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but um, I don't I don't see that one working out for you. I'll take I'll take Michael Parsons. Aiden, what did you say about him before we were talking? He he hits people what without thought of life uh, or something with a band. He just, yeah, just like no regard for human life is oh. how he hits people. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm a notorious Notre Dame hater, so right. I well, do respect his tape. But yeah, I mean, he'll forget how to play in the league. Don't worry. I mean, <laughs> seriously, stop, stop with the Notre Dame players. Was having a having a kid now. He just announced with Good a real, Manti. actual person. I know, I know. That's a big step up for Manti. Um, <laughs> but they're all bad. I mean, like Harrison Smith is good, and then mm-hmm. I can't really like who else. I don't know. Jerry Tillery's okay in yeah. uh, for the Chargers. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith would have been awesome. Obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love I loved him coming out. Um, Me too. But I just, uh, yeah, not a fan of the old uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish defensive players. No. <laughs> nope. They usually don't get it done. Um, I lied. I do have one quarterback. Okay. And also, I want to add on your rule this year: no Notre Dame players, no Pac-12 players. I don't want anyone from the Pac-12. I'm done. With totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. It's it's Ohio State, SEC, not Vanderbilt. Yes, and Clemson. I'll we'll throw in Clemson and the ACC. They're pretty much everybody in the South. Everybody in the South and Ohio State. Is, and is for how we and for, for for pure chaos, North Dakota State quarterbacks. We can pick that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> throw that in. That if they drafted them, that would either be the best four hours of your life the next uh, day or the worst four hours. The best, of your life the the best four hours. The best four hours. It's always the best four hours in their chaos. Although I will say, like uh, the Hurts pick, I was furious. Like I was, I was furious at Hurts pick, um, and then I got over it. But in the moment, I was like, "This is the worst pick in Eagles history." So, um, but now a year removed, drafting Trey Lance would be amazing. <laughs> it also might be the worst pick in, in Eagles history. Correct. <laughs> Can't wait till it happens. All right. So one other quarterback we haven't brought up. I did. Ha- I lied. I had one quarterback name on the okay. list. Um, Mac Jones. 
He's tough. He's so he. The way he fails me is he's fat. Like he's like <laughs> he's like a little chunky. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like I would like my quarterbacks to, to be in shape. Um, it's not the nineteen seventies. <laughs> um, so it's like it, you know what it is. It's a backup quarterback name. It's a backup quarterback mm. name. That's not like I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not turning on Monday Night Football like Mac Jones and the you know whatever team versus this like that's not gonna work. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Daniel Jones like Daniel Jones is the same way like it's Daniel Jones is like the least intimidating football name of all time. Like, guy's name's mm-hmm. Daniel, you know that's kind of how I feel about Mac. Like Mac Jones, not a fan, not a fan. He's he's gonna have the same career as AJ McCarron. Yep, that's a fair assessment. He would have balled out in the air. Remember those pictures? They'd like show the guy smoking cigarettes yeah. at halftime in the locker room. Mac Jones would have balled out in that era. I uh, went to Heisman. He went to Heisman yeah. in that era. Smoking Absolutely. cigarettes on the sideline. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yes, definitely. All right, one last name uh, for the name test. Same team because this can go either way, this player, Eagles or Cowboys. Patrick okay. Sertan. So I, I genuinely love the name. Um, I just – does, like to me, that just sounds like a shutdown cornerback. Yeah. Like it just sounds like a guy that's like, don't even. Couldn't you just? Couldn't you see like Mel Kuyper being like, don't even throw Patrick Sertain's way. You know, just like has a good. He he seems physical. Um, I'm a big fan of Patrick Sertain. He's definitely definitely not Caleb Farley. I was it, just gonna say. Yeah. He, like, he wins yeah. the name test over Farley. I mean, big Caleb. Time. Caleb. Yeah. Nah, get out of here. I, I'll take Patrick Sertain all day. That's fair. I That's will fair. too. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you got? You got Trayvon down there. Um, Trayvon Dig. It'll be. That's it. That's uh, it. Well, I mean, Awuzie's uh, a free agent. Terrible. Uh, Jordan Lewis is a free agent. Terrible. So they have. Uh, yeah, they have Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Brown. And yeah. I always put this: Anthony Brown has a literal chip on his shoulder, tattooed a potato chip with his draft number on it. Wow. On his That's shoulder. Dedication. That's dedication. Yeah. And he's terrible. That's I guess the, I guess the motivation didn't work. <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess it didn't work. <laughs> All right, before we get you out of here, Jack, talk about the podcast, talk about the show, and where people can follow you on Twitter. Uh, follow me on Twitter at JackFritzWIP. Uh, if you're a Phillies fan who really appreciated my Eagles conversation, um, you can listen to the High Hopes podcast. In my opinion, it's the best Phillies podcast out there. Um, it's me and James Seltzer. And then if you want to listen to Scorching Hot Eagles takes, the best Eagles talk in, this, in the city, you know, Marks and Reese is on the radio from 2 to 6, Monday through Friday. So um, we got a big Birds Town Hall coming up um, on March 15th where we're having, like, Baldy in studio for an hour. We're having, you know, the Midday Show guys over for an hour. We're having um, Howard. We're having Gilio. So, you know, big day uh, on March 15th. We're having a lot of special guests. So uh, it's our next big Eagles thing coming up to kick off uh, kick off free agency, which I'm sure is going to be riveting as they decide to restructure and cut every player that <laughs> makes any money and they don't bring in one free agent. So mm-hmm. really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's all I got for plugs. Awesome. That's all all right. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm good on all our questions. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Thanks for everything. And thanks for being a good friend and a mentor and everything like that. Uh, Oh, oh so going to make me a weepy-eyed over here. <laughs> such a such a leader. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you know, Cowboys are bad. Eagles are bad too. We're in this together, and I'm sure Go you Washington. can enjoy. Yeah, I'm sure you can enjoy some stateside vodka as we watch our football games next year. Exactly. Thanks Can't for wait. the free promotion there and catching yeah. on with that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. No problem. Appreciate that. All right, Jack. Thank you. All right, see you guys. Another big thank you to Jack Fritz. A phenomenally funny as well as informative interview. And, and that's that's the dynamic he brings, Aiden, and why I think we enjoy him so much and the, and the city of Philadelphia, frankly, does. I agree. I know uh, for him, he like I said, he, he's a really respected baseball follow at this point. Yes. But Eagles always reign supreme here. Eagles are always king. So no matter what your favorite sport is, it's always good to cut up about the Eagles, so I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to get him on and and talk a little birds and talk a little bit about the rivalry. I thought that was funny. Yep. And just uh, do the patented name test for the Jack Fritz name test, which I truly do believe in. 
Um, and we agreed on a lot of it. So I, I know I'm not going insane. So that was good. <laughs> Except for Jeremiah Wusukormo. Watch out. I'm going to, I'm sending him tape. I'm with him. No Notre Dame guys. <laughs> I'm not doing Notre Dame guys. Okay. Um, but let's stay with the draft. I know that's kind of how we finished the interview talking yep. about prospects and the name test. Now the big hot button topic with today was Chris Sims, 2021 draft QB rankings. And they were a little yep. bit controversial, but then people went back and looked at his past rankings and he was pretty spot on. So I'll just read his off and then we'll get into ours for our TikTok segment of the night. Please. At six, he has Trey Lance. At five, he has Justin Fields. At four, he has Kellen Mond of Texas A&M. At three, he has Mac Jones from Alabama. Two, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. And one, top QB prospect, Zach Wilson from BYU. So definitely a, a list that raises your eyebrow, but looking at his track record, he really hasn't been that off. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been, and it... I mean, I think we've just for the last like three years have kind of just given Trevor Lawrence this overall number one pick and one of the greatest quarterbacks in college history. And he's just going to come into the league and take over. So I think that is the biggest reason people are so shocked at this, that he's not sitting at one. Yes, there's a few things that stick out, uh, but that I agree is the biggest part of it. Just not having Trevor Lawrence, who is perceived to be the number one pick coming out for really in this draft for about three years now. So yep. that uh, that definitely raised some eyebrows, but who knows? Um, it, it, it's not a, nothing's a guarantee in this league. No. So with, with that being said, we will get into it ourselves. Yep. We are doing top five. QB prospects in the 2021 NFL draft. And these are going to be our TikTok famous power rankings with quarterbacks. We know Vince is not here today. We apologize. Um, I actually don't know where he is. Yesterday you lost your co-host for uh, PNR and today you lose your producer for our show. So I don't know what's going on. That was the funniest thing of all time. So quick story time before we get into this. Um, Eddie disappeared who is also like helps with this show a little bit too. He, he kind of helps with podcast direction and branded in general. So, but we do a podcast together. He texts me all day about stuff he wanted to do on the podcast. I text him at seven 30 cause we do it at eight. He doesn't text me back, which is fine. Cause I was just like, Hey, I'll be ready around eight. I'm driving home now. And then like, I'm like, I was like, all right, I'm finishing up dinner. And then like, I'll, I'll be on in a few minutes. Still no response. I was like, all right, that's weird, but that's fine. And then like, I'm, like, yo, it's 8.05. Like, I'm good. You good? It's like 8.30. And I'm like, I don't know where he is. Like, it's been an hour. I don't know where he is. I texted the group chat. I was like, yo, like, I don't know. I haven't heard from Eddie. Should I actually legit be concerned? It, it was over an hour and a half until I finally called him. And I thought about this in society, and I talked about it on the podcast. These days, if you're without your phone for an hour and a half, people perceive that you're dead. dead. Like you could legitimately think that you are like laying face down in a pool of blood in your room, yep. Yep. without a doubt. And I was like, I don't even know how to get to Eddie if I had to save him because he's dying, because he hasn't answered his phone in an hour and a half. And then I call him because I'm like, I don't know where you are. And he, I answered, I'm like, hello? And I thought it was like a joke voicemail because he just goes, hello? He just answers and goes, hello? And I go, yo. And he responds, he just goes, yo. I'm like, I didn't call you to have a I was like, what? <laughs> so what was he doing? He just, he just like, and then, well, I'll tell you. So we go through the whole phone call. I'm like, yeah. like, are you good? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. He's like, oh, wait, I'll, I'll set it up. And just, I was like, okay. And that was a whole full conversation as if he didn't disappear. <laughs> but he just like, he, he took a nap and slept through his alarm, uh, which was set for seven. Uh-huh. And didn't wake up until like well after nine o'clock when I finally called him just to like, I don't know, like the, the police have your phone because you got in an accident and spun off the road. <laughs> Are you in jail? Did you kill someone? Yeah, like do I have to bail you out of prison? It was either you killed someone or someone killed you. Mm-hmm. It, that is how millennials work without our phones. Yes. Yep. So anyway, top five prospects. All right. So we'll let you go first because it's we have no triangle today, but that's how we usually kick it off. So we're going to go five to one with our quarterback prospects coming into the draft. Cool. 
All right. At five, I have Kyle Trask out of Florida. I think that some of the talent wasn't, it wasn't just Kyle Pitts. Some of this was actually Kyle Trask. So at five, I have Kyle Trask. Yeah, he he can sling it for sure. Uh, at five, I have somebody we talked about with Jack Fritz, Mac Jones. I think if he goes to the right team, he can be a winner. Watch out if he goes to New England. I can see it a little bit. Uh, at four, I have Trey Lance. I am obviously a little bit biased towards North Dakota State quarterbacks, but you know, I think uh, I not that I've watched a ton of tape on North Dakota State, but I believe he's got a pretty good arm. Four for me is also Trey Lance. I, I like his measurables, too. He's a big, strong dude, and he can sling the ball. I think he has a chance to be maybe the best North Dakota State quarterback in the league. I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. At three, here's where it probably gets controversial. I have BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. I actually like Wilson a lot. I love his mobility. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. I could see him on the Jets, but... I don't know. I'm something is just, I'm not totally sold yet. I'm at like 90%. So for three, for me, it's, uh, this is, it's, it's a flip of a coin kind of two, three for me. So three, I have Justin Fields. Uh, he's kind of been sitting as my number two in my head. It's always been, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. But I, I have him at three, just, you know, some of the things I saw in the playoffs um, that I didn't love. So I think he's going to be a baller. I think he's going to be good. He's obviously a tough son of a bitch. We saw that. So uh, Justin Fields at three for me. And at two, I do have Justin Fields as an Eagles fan starting to creep up that I'm talking myself into him. I am still very leery of Ohio State quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. They haven't panned out these dual threat spread guys there at Ohio State. But I think Justin Fields is the best one that they've had yet. Agreed on that part. Um, Two for me is Zach Wilson. He does same thing that you like you said. I don't know if I love that he's coming out of BYU. Didn't play against a ton of great defenses. The one defense he saw this year, Coastal Carolina. He did play well in that game. Receivers had a lot of drops, but you know they didn't win the game. You know I I don't know. I I fear a little bit of Johnny Manziel in him. The attitude and you know family has money, so that does scare me. But I, I could see him being a, a Jet and. Once you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. So we'll see how that works out. But I have met two. Fair. All right. At one, I do have Trevor Lawrence. I think, look, there is a chance that Zach Wilson could be better than him. But the, if you were the Jaguars, you cannot take that risk. If Trevor Lawrence turns out to be the generational talent that everyone believes, there's just no way if you're the Jags that you can pass up this opportunity. The risk is not worth the reward with any other quarterback that isn't Trevor Lawrence. Number one, Trevor Lawrence. Can't wait till Urban Meyer makes him cut his hair. Yeah. Imagine, uh, I don't know how Urban's going to run his offense, but one I know I know he would obviously do well with Justin Fields there. Yes, he would. But I, I just, I don't think you can do it. Like you said, the Jags, if, if he's sitting there, which obviously he will be, they have the number one overall pick, you just, you got to pull the trigger. Because, all right, so here's my mindset. If you miss on Trevor Lawrence, say Trevor Lawrence sucks, but you take him one overall, you're, the fan base cannot be mad. Like no. for three years, every single every single analyst has been telling you, college pro, this guy is next. Like this is bona fide stud, number one pick. He's going to come out and be good in the NFL. Like yep. if you skip that and he turns out to be great, you're an idiot. That's You're an idiot. But if, if you pick him and he doesn't turn out to be great you're not an idiot like everybody exactly. else told you everybody else is an idiot then yep yep 100 percent. has to be trevor lawrence and one yep. i mean that's all i got for tonight or today good. this morning whenever you're listening great show as, as yeah, it we was. proceed next week we'll have even more to talk about because we're getting into uh I think there's going to be some eye-opening tags, deals, cuts as we start to transition into the actual league year. So we'll have that. But great show in the meantime, honestly. Big time. Uh, maybe next week we'll talk a little Korean War. Uh, yeah. Should we do World War II or yeah. just review like war movies? <laughs> yeah, I've been on a big World War II kick. My wife wants to kill me. I'm a history nerd. So every chance I get lately, I'm just on history documentaries. I was watching a... Uh, a documentary on the Russian Revolution the other day with you know Lenin and Marx and Stalin. She's like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "I can't believe I didn't bring this up during the previous segment, but during the height of the pandemic when we couldn't leave our house, I took an online class at Penn 
on the Civil War. And it was awesome. But it was just funny that Mm -hmm. I could just sum up that entire class and like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have slaves and go into a middle of the field and shoot each other. (laughs) Have a good day. Have a good day. And have a good day from the Birds vs. Boys podcast. We will catch you next week. And thank you again to Jack Fritz, Branded Sports, and Stateside Vodka. Follow us, listen, subscribe, and rate. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Keep the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching.